Hey folks, it's Carl over at Sterling Health and Fitness and thanks for tuning in. So our topic today is integrating behavior into nutrition and today I have a very special guest with me to speak on this. He is the Director of Professional Services at the National Academy of Sports Medicine. He has his Bachelor's Degree in Nutrition and Master's Degree in Exercise Science and it's my honor and privilege to introduce my special guest Mike Fantagrassi. Mike, thanks so much for joining me. Yeah, great to be here. I'm glad we're going to get uh, have this chance to meet up, and I appreciate you sharing your time today. Absolutely. This topic is actually one of my favorite ones, and I'm so glad we're able to talk about it, especially in regards to behavior mm -hmm. and nutrition. So, I just want to start off by asking, what are you finding is working, both nutrition-wise and behavior-wise, with your clients? Uh, great question. So, one of the things I'll start with is, tell you what didn't work for my clients oh, good. and just give you a little background. So I went to school, I was very passionate about nutrition, this was back in the early 90s and at the time it was the high carbohydrate diets, mm -hmm. very low fat diets. You know, I did that, um, I was exercising a lot, I worked okay, felt really tired, graduated from college, uh, started switching over to more of a low carb approach, played around with that and throughout my, uh, my life my weight started fluctuating up and down. And one of the things that I like to do with nutrition is really experience the different diets and try different things out. So that way when you're talking to clients, you have first-hand knowledge of that stuff. So as, as I started to you know, learn more about diets, um, try different things out too, you know, I became very excited about different things and trends that were happening. But then what happens is you start to over-educate clients, you know, you got to things like, hey, this is bad, this is good, you should be eating six times per day. Right. So it was overcomplicating it and taking someone from, you know, where they're eating, say, three times a day, and now saying, hey, you need to eat six times per day. You've got to carry a cooler on, you have to pre-plan all your meals, all that stuff. And it was overcomplicating nutrition, it was scaring people away. You had a very small amount of people who had the time, the energy, the willpower to do all those things that you were asking them to do. So they weren't very successful with it. So over time, what I tried to do is simplify the nutrition process. You know, what are the really important things? And overall, um, improving someone's quality of the food that is really important. But if their goal is to lose weight, you do have to create a calorie deficit. I and mean, that's very important. So that was the thing is try to create strategies and simple things that people could do to make sure that they were taking in less calories and they were doing this on a consistent basis. So once they were done, it wasn't a drastic change into their eating habits. Mm -hmm. They were just kind of continuing on with the lifestyle change. So that was really right. the thing that, that helped a lot was creating a lifestyle change. Interesting. So um, can you give us an example of what you would do with a client? Sure. How you would guide them? Because I know in my own experience and having a strong nutrition background, um, I have found it challenging to get people to make changes. And of course, baby steps I've started to take the baby step approach right. recently. Like my new thing, and uh, I have to credit my, my friend Angel who led with this uh, master breakfast. Get breakfast down first. And then we'll talk about lunch once you have breakfast. I mean, that's just something I've tried, and um, I can't really tell you the results because we just started about three weeks yeah. ago. <laughs> but what are you doing that's working? Well, the first thing is really understand that client, understand their challenges. So they may not have that many things that are holding them back, it could be a couple of big things they're doing. So it, it could be the weekends, and that's their challenge. Oh, yeah. They're creating this, um, you know, they want to relax, and maybe they start drinking alcohol, and alcohol is a trigger for someone to overeat. And maybe by having them learn uh, 
stress techniques. Like, how do I de-stress? Because that's the reason why they're drinking, because they want to relax. That's what the reward they want from it. So you replace that alcohol with a different habit, like maybe yoga on Friday nights, or doing something else like instead of a happy hour, uh, exercising, group exercise, just something that they enjoy doing. And then that doesn't cascade into now eating pizza late at night, and yeah. I feel tired the next day, and now I don't want to exercise. So you can kind of see these patterns that can want to be fixed when you go back to that root cause right. of what's happening. And then you, once they master that, then you can tackle another thing. Um, the other thing is just, again, looking at what they're doing, and maybe it's just some small tweaks mm-hmm. to, to what they're doing that can make a big difference as well. Dietary rights, like what they're yeah. intaking? Yeah, so for instance, like, you know, a lot of people think juice is healthy because it comes from fruit. Right. But when you look at the sugar content, it's the same as soda in a lot of cases. Yeah, so you say, hey, could you switch to something else? That'll save you a lot of stuff. Maybe that helps with uh, their, their cravings for things because their blood sugar is not going all over the place from consuming a lot of simple sugars and things like that. Yeah, that makes sense because those sugars can really whack us out the way they actually metabolize or not metabolize mm-hmm. insulin and sure. crashes. And uh, using it over, you know, over and over again really causes problems. Right. Um, what's another example? So, okay, let's recap. So, in that, you're actually taking, let's say, a typical weekly activity or two and replacing it now. Mm-hmm. What's another example of how you would implement uh, different behaviors? Sure. To try to get them to implement something. Yeah. It, a great book is uh, Brian Monsing's book. So, there's a couple of them. Um, but one of the things that he teaches, which I found is very effective, is you look at their environment. We're influenced so much by our environment, and if it's easy to consume things, then that's going to lead to people overeating those things. So, for instance, he had a study uh, where he went to people's homes and looked at what was on their countertop. So, if they had soda, there was a very high relationship to that, people being overweight. Um, same thing with like cereal, box cereal, being on the countertops. Because if it's visible, you see it, and that might trigger you to want to eat something versus if you make it less convenient. So just by reorganizing, taking things like cereal and stuff like that, putting it away, um, even like leftovers, if you wrap it into tin foil where you can't see it, like cookies, mm-hmm. or foil, uh, that'll lead you to not seeing every time you open it. Okay. Put the healthier foods higher up in the refrigerator. Put the stuff that snacky foods, like maybe that you have to have for your kids, it, you know, down near the bottom there. So you're not getting those triggers every time you see it. And put the good stuff out there like fruits, you know, and that will lead to someone picking that as a snack because they see it. And there's actually in his book, it talks about how when people do have fruit, I think, I believe it was like seven pounds, it would be seven pounds lighter than the average person versus soda, I think it was like 28 or 29 pounds heavier from mm-hmm. that out on the countertop. Interesting. Uh, you know, I was just reading this thing, I can't remember where I saw it, it's from a a doctor in California, Dr. Robert Lustig, he was talking about how they did an experiment in these schools where they gave a certain group of kids fruit to eat for lunch, only fruit. And they tried to get the kids to eat, as an experiment, four oranges. And actually none of them could finish four oranges. They were full by the second or third. Now they get some vitamins. Now there's sugar in that, granted, but there's also fiber. Uh, whereas they didn't think that on three or four oranges they, they would get full because it doesn't look like as much as you need. Sure. So it's interesting how the real food actually does fill you up. Yeah. That's, well, that brings me to another question I'd like to ask. Okay. So, Mike, let's talk about the exercise component. Um, there's one thing I've observed that I think is interesting. 
and I, in fact, used to do this myself sure. before I got uh, into, you know, a healthier lifestyle, let's say, and lost some weight and decided to make improvements in that area. I actually thought, and I know a lot of people think, that if they start exercising, it's licensed to just go eat. Can you share with us your thoughts about this? Sure. Yeah, so one of the challenges is that it feels like you're burning a lot of calories when you do stuff. And we're very efficient at using food for fuel. Um, you know, when the other thing you have to factor into with exercise is that you're always burning calories. So if I'm replacing an activity with exercise, so let's say that normally I play with my kids, I'm, I'm doing something at home with them, and it doesn't really feel like exercise because I'm having fun, I could be burning you know, 100, 200 calories in an hour. Now I go and take Zumba class, or maybe I'm burning 500 calories in an hour. It's not that I'm burning 500 extra calories, I have to also subtract out what I was doing in place of it. So really the net is only 300 extra calories. But because I sweat a lot, it's hot in there, I feel like I burned a lot. Yeah. Now I have two pieces of pizza instead of one, and a piece of pizza can have four to five hundred calories. So now you have to erase the deficit with the first piece, you've actually you know, taken in more than you need at that, that, that one meal there. Yeah, and a lot of people, you know, this not knowing this um, leads to a lot of disappointment in you know in many cases because like you say, they feel like they're working hard. Well, they are working hard. Yeah. They feel like they're burning more calories than they are. But then, you know, it's a month, two, three months, six months later, and the physique doesn't change at all. No harm done in the exercise, but no changes yeah. really either. So that's, that's interesting. So as we, uh, you know, come to a closure on this, what other thoughts would you like to share? Sure. Well, you know, as a fitness professional, uh, make sure that you're educated on the science when it comes to nutrition. So that way it allows you to evaluate all these different diets and also dispel some of the myths that your clients are going to hear about from social media, newspapers, tabloids, all that stuff. Uh, also, make your client an active participant in their health plan. So if you're always just telling them, do this, do this, do this, it's easy for them to tune it out or not really take part in it versus if give them homework, you, you get them interested in it, you build that curiosity, make it something that's a, a lifestyle change for them, yeah. they'll continue on with it and see the results that they want. And I think make that mind shift from, hey, you know, it's a 30-day challenge, 90-day challenge to, this is something you're going to do the rest of your life. It might be a little slower, but you'll maintain that weight loss. You won't see these yo-yo patterns back and forth. Yeah, that's, I'm glad you shared that because that's really important about the lifestyle change factor. It's not just temporary. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah, thanks, Carl. Really appreciate, appreciate it. the time. Um, folks, thank you for watching. This is great information. And be sure to go to sterlinghealthfitness.com. Several other interviews there. Lots of them are with master instructors from NASM. And uh, thanks for watching. Have a great day.